Studio Stories, Studio Stories. A podcast reminiscing on Twin Cities dance history. All stories are connected, new ones woven from threads of the old. Hi, I'm Matthew Jindusky. Welcome to Studio Stories. This year's Candy Box is happening July 12th through the 16th at Pika Event Center. Happy Hour Artists, Badi Watani, Borealis Dance Theater, Annika Hansen and Abigail Whitmore, Honeyworks, Slow Dance Company, and featured artists Hijack, Viva La Peppa, and Judy Shui Xian. Tickets are on sale at arenadances.org. Today we get to hear from Pedro Pablo, a Venezuelan-born performance artist and founder of Viva La Peppa, which generates collective and unapologetic performances that cross conventional theatrical boundaries by using multiple forms. Hello, Pedro. Hi, Matthew. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's really great to be have you here, and I'm thrilled uh, that you're involved in this year's Candy Box Dance Festival right around the corner here. Uh, I know your work plays in the experimental drag burlesque movement and voice fueled by the overlapping values of Latinx and queer cultures, which sounds super enticing to me, and I would, I want, I'm so excited to hear more about what you're planning for the show. But uh, first, let's. How did you start dancing, Pedro? Oh, it's already so amazing what you're <laughs> saying. It's just <laughs> the information about my um, work um, it inspires me. But yeah, I started um, dancing when I was in college. I took my first modern dance class my freshman year of college at Winona State University with Gretchen Kohenauer. And that's where the journey started for me. Ten years ago. Ten years yeah. ago. Okay. And is yeah. that what brought you to Minnesota to go the, to Winona? Or? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I Not for dance, though. I found dance here in the United States. I, wanted, I applied to a few universities and um, Winona State was in the U.S., um, and I knew that my family wanted to migrate here eventually. So between that factor and that they gave me the best um, package for money, basically, mm-hmm. that's kind of what what the bottom line was. Um, but yeah, I ended up in Winona, out of all places, from Caracas. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you describe Caracas to me a little bit? Yeah, so I have I haven't actually been there in nine years. So Caracas is a changed place, and it's a six million person city. So, um, and it's a valley surrounded by mountains, and there's macaws, blue the blue ones who um, nest in the palm trees in the street at the top of the palm trees, and they live in the sunrise and come back in the sunset. So they're pretty famous bird and we're half an hour from the beach um anyways yeah i actually have a little secret that i went to winona my freshman year in college uh i think you mentioned that yeah 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 and it's just really interesting to me i mean the bluffs are probably no uh comparison to the mountains of caracas It's it's a very different vibe for sure it's still really stunning we know now. I was just there, actually. Um, drove down with Leila to see Shen Mansour's piece, 
and to spend the weekend with my friends and swim in the river and oh. Rainy Copeland's like families um, collective space. They have a spring water fed spring water fed pond, and that was good to swim into. Oh, so nice! Oh, that's really great. Yeah, Winona's doing some good stuff for the dance community, I think. And do you teach there as well? Is that I not regularly. I did do a residency last year. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, tell me what Viva La Peppa is. How the name of the company kind of describes what you do. Yeah. Um, Viva La Peppa was kind of a chant um, in that start originated in Spain. That was kind of like a, a Viva, almost like liberty, freedom, and like um, anarchism, and just this idea of, um, you know, um, uncontained (laughs) bodies. So uh, that kind of traveled through time and geographies. And in Venezuela, when I was growing up, Viva la Pepa was like, que viva la Pepa eres. You're so viva la Pepa. You're so like, you don't care about, you know, systems or whatever. You like are, you're a mess. Or like when your room is a mess or when you're coming home late every night from partying, it's like, que viva la pepa. <laughs> so it's kind of like a collection of all those things. And also my name, Pedro Pablo. Um, in my teenage years, I was called Pepa by my friends. And that's also where my drag name comes from. Pepa, Doña Pepa. Okay. And I've heard, I, of course, was like Googling to do a little research on you. And I guess, it was there a soap opera named Viva La Pepa? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think only one season. Yes. (laughs) Okay. But that, I think that you mentioned a little bit of maybe melodrama as Mm -hmm. as part of your work a little bit sometimes. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Nice. Mm -hmm. So you, you mentioned you have a drag persona, Doña Peppa, um, and that kind of grew into Viva La Peppa for yourself. Well, I think more of like the um, having a, a holder, a name, a mission, values, and thinking about who I am, the work I make, and the facets of the work. I think that it wasn't that one led to the other, but they all inform one another. Um, and they all grew together, um, and they are in ways, in very separate tracks. And they're also just, you know, my body of work. So um, I think that's my my focus in my life. It feels like performance and these three facets are the most significant to my personal journey, yes. Okay, and were you creating work at Winona as well? Yeah, when I was, when I was in college, I was just creating... Um, just for the yearly dance show and for some classes. And I did a, a capstone project, uh, like a 15 minute performance that became seeds for the works I have made and that I'm making. And yeah, they were kind of jumping off points. So I was very fortunate to have that experience my last semester for sure. Yeah. And what, what teachers were you, taking from there that you feel kind of inspired you or opened 
maybe your eyes to to making work or how what inspired you there hmm. i think when I, I i talked about gretchen she really gave me the tools i needed to feel empowered in my generation process and she really allowed me to run free in my identities and also held me accountable in a, multiple different ways um, throughout my years as a very young adult going through college. <laughs> yes, but, yes. <laughs> and then there's another one, Jackie Paulson, who right now runs a Montessori school, um, who I get just such a boss, fierce, powerful woman mover who also introduced me to a lot of things that I'm still carry with me. I still practice. I still think about, um, and there's other artists that came through there as well that I got to work with and whatnot. And, um, but yeah, I think the journey has shifted a lot for me also with my Saturn return entering and, uh, me transforming and opening and understanding, right? Like I, I started dance uh, as a way to heal myself through the some of the extreme traumas I endured as a child and as an adult even. And um, it became a way for me to kind of push through that. And I think in same with like my last two pieces, Noche Bomba and Holidonia, they were all, performance was a vehicle for healing and um it still is and also it's like how can, but i was looking just at um you know almost not quite but navel gazing so just looking at my own um my own shit and like my own um things i needed to work through and um to you know um yeah kind of go find through that. the yeah, yeah. But then now I'm I'm stepping into like the universalizing of the themes and the so there's there's a way that it connects from like the personal to the communal hmm. to the universal and and that connection I'm I'm really focusing on how to mirror nature and how everything kind of mirrors each other from a very cellular level to a to a eyesight level, to a macrocosmic level, everything really mirrors structures, movements, uh, speeds, like nice generation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was the training at Winona mainly modern dance then, or or improvisational as well? Or it was a dance minor program um, that really worked within the limitations of higher education and also who what are what are the demographics of Winona or who comes to Winona and what kind of performers end up in the program so they did their best I think honestly and I got what I needed and yes there was modern I took some improvisation but um I think mainly they allowed me to unleash like my generation process. That was my main focus, you know? Yeah. Nice. So did you always have the desire to, to make dances or did that really come out of kind of that moving towards the, you know, dance to heal, like you move towards dance and then 
that generation of material kind of brought you into this creator kind of space? Yeah, I think, hmm, I think there's, um, yeah, Dance to Heal moved me in the direction of like wanting to be seen, wanting to be acknowledged, wanting to be heard. And in those ways, also like the forms that I utilized, I, you know, utilizing voice and just showing up as myself as a human on stage and like all the facets of me and um, that kind of became the center. And um, now it's really a driving force and mm. what I, what I want to do so far with my life as long as I'm yeah. able to, but it wasn't, you know, more and more as the years go by, as the experiences go by, it's like I continue to connect with people. It's, um, it went from a, a place where I couldn't even imagine the life I have now to like mm. the life I have now, you know? Beautiful. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I have to say, Pedro, you, I don't know how many years ago this was now, but I actually had an audition for Arena and you stood out to me very much as a, just like the presence that you carry yourself and move within. It was really, I loved it. <laughs> I, and I just want you to know that that was, uh, thank you, Matthew. Yeah. I, re and, I remember that audition <laughs> at Movo, right? At the current Movo. I don't know. I don't. I think it might have been at uh, Studio Two oh, no. B. Oh yes. <gasps> yes, yes, yes. Yes, by the tech box. Now, yes. Yeah. Yes. I just, yeah. I think you kind of blew me away, honestly. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but I, I have to say, you know, like just seeing who you are and what you're doing, it makes complete sense to me, and I, I, I love it. I love that you're you're Thank going you. that direction. Yeah. So in my in my research for 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 this, I, I learned that you teach at Pillsbury House Theater as well and uh, Upstream Arts. Can you share a little bit about those programs and what you're doing at, at each? Yeah. So I started with Upstream almost six years ago, and with Pillsbury a little bit over five years ago, and they. You know, Pramila um, introduced me to Upstream. I started very small. It was a steep learning curve. And now it's a big part of my identity and like how I move through the world, how I experience um, my creative relationships. Um, with Upstream, we teach people with disabilities of all ages. There's multiple programs. Social and communication skills is one. Um Healthy relationships is one. So we teach sexual education to adults and um, high schools. We're trying to start younger and younger to um, uh, prevent sexual abuse, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, people with disabilities have one of the highest um, sexual abuse um, percentages in, like, they're staggering. So building mm -hmm. that, there's some self-advocacy work programming that we do and so the curriculum we teach is kind of set but we really get to play and adapt it to each program each class each age 
age group or um, specific set of um, disabilities that are in the um, that the participants may have so and we amplify their voices and their choices right so um, and we uh, just as a base is that communication can look so many different ways and to so many um, so many of us it does right nonverbal like we communicate with our eyes we communicate with our touches and how like a small movement can mean so much it can say so much and can be so varied uh, among individuals so that has been a wonderful journey and I see myself with um, um, and the roster of artists is bananas like it's really the creme of Minneapolis across disciplines so if you take a look at the roster of artists it's like it blew my, yeah it blows my mind who I get to like go to work with and same with Pillsbury too um, that building is filled with magnites. <laughs> like um, it's just, recently, my supervisor Elizabeth just got a magnite for theater. So, uh, and then I work with Massa and Mike Hoyt and Noah Raymond and Signe, who's just stepping in as um, the director, like the vision of the theater. She's gonna manage, and I love me some Signe and um, the mermaids of Minneapolis. Um, I don't know if you've heard of them. Anyway, so it's just a building. <laughs> they It's a group of swimmers who uh, did the Olympics and they're like queer uh, femme women and um, bot like people that swim. And anyways, it was a, I can't remember the first name. It's something like mermaids. Anyways, but it's a great, yeah, I just get to work with really amazing people. With Pillsbury, I teach the daycare. So I teach the toddlers and the preschoolers and they're truly like some of the most choreographically inspirational beings mm-hmm. yeah. out there um and i also teach a group of adults with disabilities and some middle-aged school kids and right now i'm in the process of transforming their relationship with pillsbury in ways to like because it i it's gearing towards like how do we support each other as artists now that our relationship is like at this place after these many years how do I continue to do and make space for what I want to do and be supported by them? And that how can I um, support their programming, like the naked stages and um, all the different kinds of, I supported lightning rod last year a little bit. So just seeing myself more in that direction as well. Yeah. Great. So like a little bit more in the curatorial aspect of the programs. Not necessarily curator, not not curator at all, but to um, move. How how do I infuse movement and, um, you know, the things I do into their programs, right? Okay. So, like, I taught a workshop recently with Naked Stages. I helped Lightning Rod with like space needs and. Um, navigating the performers through the building and things like that. So, like, yeah, facilitating. Okay, nice. And where is Upstream Arts? I Upstream is actually inside of Pillsbury. <laughs> okay. I thought I could recognize the, like, logo of it, but I was like, where is that? And their second oh. floor, yeah. So you have a home base there it's <laughs> pretty well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And speaking of that, uh, Pedro, where where do you find rehearsal space in town? Is it 
through Pillsbury House Theater? And- mm-hmm. Historically, yes. Pillsbury has been the space I go to because it was free. Um, right now, I am collaborating with Open Eye Theater. So there, um, we started using the green space in front of them, in front of Fresh Oysters that is next to Open Eye. Um, right, so... The update is that Jess Kilworson, who's the architect for the for my candy box piece, is installing uh, the the things in the in the hallway between the lobby and the stage of the open eye theater. So um, we're starting Tuesday. We will be rehearsing full time with the structures. So that's very exciting. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess this is a perfect segue to tell me what are you making for candy box. <laughs> Sure. So it's called Contain the Live, and it's a research I started at the U last year um, in the fall residency. Then I went to uh, the Berkshires in Massachusetts to do a retreat, and I continued some solo research. Um, I'm thinking about plastic as a material. I'm thinking about plastic as the, the, you know, what our generation or like our you know when if there are people here 500 years and they find like right now we find art from 500 years ago in the sand and they will find plastic right and they'll have museums of pl- anyways that's a longer mm. story but just thinking about containment oh, like that's the main one containment of bodies so i would create little structures in trees wrapping plastic and um performing them or dancing them uh, practicing them and then I wrap myself um, in that plastic wrap for Red Eye Theater's job site series so it's kind of been ongoing and now I get to work with um, four incredible performers and Jess as an architect too the performers by the way are Sharon Picasso Roxanne Wallace, Timmy Rayberg and Genevieve Johnson wow yeah so <laughs> it's a great group and we're yeah we're right now we've been kind of opening material we've been rehearsing three times a week we started two weeks ago and um opening material finding you know i bring i bring some theory like we talk about uh what are the things that i'm thinking about or what are the stories or the historical events or the parallels and in um, political uh oppression through um governments and territories and borders and um, othering of bodies, humanization of um, bodies and fear mongering and just thinking about um, that we continue, you know, like it never stops, just transforms the ways we contain people like, like prisons are Mm -hmm. containment and like we see it and, um, so and gender, I see it as a container and like um, the children's migration camps and um, historically how they began through colonization and how um, that was the tool colonizers used for um, civil wars, uh, I guess, for it happened in uh, the Caribbean to uh, suppress the independence movements from Spain. Um, so, and, you know, they bring death, right? 
so to me containers equals death so um, huh. that's yeah. what i'm thinking about so bringing that yeah. in wow and what did this uh idea for this work this inspiration for this work come before covid or was it heightened by covid or kind of more realized during covid it all blew up in covid honestly yeah, <laughs> yeah. i i was focusing on continuing this work with celia bringing it here last may that never happened um Celia is the collaborator who I spent uh, two months in Argentina last year and six weeks in Mexico this year, almost finishing the work we're creating the duet. But so I was focusing on that and I had just done Holidonia the year prior and really like COVID truly fucked me up in many ways and mm -hmm. as it did to a lot of us. And I think it cracked open my process, my desires, my passions, my inspirations, my questions, my um, everything. So it did start through that. Once I got the U, U of M commission, then I was camping a ton up in the, um, by the boundary waters, a little bit west of the Superior Lake, Lake Superior. And I would just, yeah, dream about these things and, um, I, in ways, I started thinking about it project-based, but then the, the questions kept rising and mm. the, the curiosity kept digging and my own passion to really explore um, these histories that are still haunting us today and these ways of existing with other bodies that are still taxing our relationships and our our sense of selves, of containment. So it all kept expanding and flourishing and taking me at different channels. And it was all, yeah. Hmm. So what? how does that uh, translate to the first day of, of rehearsal with these incredible dancers. Like, can you tell me how like your process unfolds in the rehearsal? I know it's mm -hmm. only, it's been a couple of weeks now with this, yeah. but having all that kind of pre university of Minnesota commission part yeah. of it, like how it shifts or, you know, is it remount and then mm. change and, you know, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we start from scratch in ways. Um, I create work with the bodies in the space. I generate material with bodies in the space. We all build together through different exercises. So I, um, I do, in ways, find inspiration from other processes I've been in that I've you know, created like the ones that the U and some, so, and the one with Celia, there were some themes about ocean waves and things like that, that I did with Celia that translate or bleed into this process. And mm -hmm. I just um, think about the task or the, um, the exercise through a different lens or tipping into a different direction. So I come in rehearsals and um, 
I share some um, ideas, I share some thoughts, I ask questions, uh, I pose questions. So we don't really spend a lot of time talking at the beginning, really. But we um, just dive in into different exercises, either depending on what I'm doing that day, either I let them warm up and then we start into a thing or like I utilize um, the explorations to get at some deeper um, generation, right? Like, um, yeah. I I guess if you have any specific questions about that, because I don't know where to start, of, like <laughs> what kind of things we do, you know yeah it was it sounds like it kind of goes by the flow of of it like you might have a thought or idea do you have specific you were kind of sharing a little bit about you know not using in or using information from the past and maybe learning like this process really worked for that to get this kind of result maybe or to at least play with for the dancers in that process that maybe you try it again and it's a whole other outcome, but it's like something of, about the crux of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's like, I, I don't want to say the word tricks, but, but, but like, <laughs> tricks, you know, like you, you, you're like, Oh, let's try, you know, I have this thing called the mulatte that I know is almost in every piece. <laughs> and, and that's just like a, a movement generational generator for me so it's like, oh. like things like that do you have oh. you know what um not necessarily i think that i try to do um vocal warm-ups and body warm-ups that allow us to enter uh kind of imaginary places and also real places so there's something about the opening of the of the skin, the muscles, the bones, and um, letting information be translated. And um, I, I try to open the body for expression and arrival and performativity. I'm not. We don't do um, any phrases or dancing or f- specific forms mm-hmm. for, the, for for this one. I'm talking about this last, you know, this process because it changed a lot and it's ex- kind of imploding my process. Yeah. But uh, in a way, Roxanne was telling me, because this is the first time I worked with Roxanne in a process. So Roxanne was sharing like, oh, this felt like a masterclass. And I was like, huh, I, <laughs> I, ha- I haven't really done a lot of teaching to uh performers outside of university settings through residencies i i don't have a an a class i do but it it, it really made me feel like oh yeah that's kind of cool i never thought of it that way because i just do it with the with the performers and kind of stops there which you know it's just how it has been but i yeah i like especially in the in this the last couple of weeks it was about kind of opening their bodies to experiences. And the these exercises eventually land at a at a meaning, right? Or a, mm. or like, oh now we're anchoring it because we arrived at this emotional place or this relational place, uh, this 
affectional, affect, affective, affect, affection, affective place. <laughs> so it kind of like travels, you know, opens, travels, lands, explodes, it refracts. We find another way and like it kind of, and I like to kind of, this is also the first time I am not in the work. Ah, Which is that's big. <laughs> since um, since six, the last six years, my professional career. So it, that also has allowed me to direct in a more clear and in a very focused way. Hmm. Very cool. It sounds like you're really creating kind of the a, a world or an environment and getting to know each other in that environment, in that that you're kind of creating together for the contained alive mm-hmm. to me. I think it's also interesting. Uh, here's a question, <laughs> Pedro, of uh, with this experience of not being in the work after six years of dancing professionally, I, I sometimes I struggle like, oh, am I, am, I, am I able to connect to the work still without that, that involvement? Um, or or how it is different, basically, I guess. And maybe it's too soon in the process right now uh, for you, but if it it feels... Uh, it's so delicious. It's so delicious. nice. There we go. Yes. It's so nice. It's like, um, it's like eating really delicious strawberries at the hot day at the beach about to jump in the lake, you know? It's oh. like eating fried food and you can really feel the grease dripping. (laughs) It's like, it's just thinking, it's really nice. Like I, I love it. I love being outside and like directing and jumping off and like, or jumping in and, and trying it in my body and then seeing like, Oh, actually that's not where I want it. And then like, that helps me Mm. share like words and language about it. And like, it's, I'm, I'm finding a really sweet groove and, I just really love just seeing my ideas and the ideas that we come up together and just the create the creation and it allows me to really savor what I'm trying to say. It's like I'm yeah. savoring process and I'm excited to savor performance that in in a way that I haven't been able to. Yeah, and I think it speaks to kind of going back to your upstream arts of the communication of really learning how to communicate because you're having to do that, you know, to, with your performers and to find that clarity of, of your voice and like <laughs> direction. Right. Yes. That's really cool. Well, Pedro, I feel as though you are really shining a great big light into this dance uh, and performance scene here in the twin cities. I, again, have been excited about, seeing you at the audition and further of like all you're doing. I think it's uh, your focus and joy are palpable and uh, there's kind of a buzzing into the atmosphere. uh, I sense with you (laughs) Uh, when I see you, which is um, maybe I'm savoring my moments with you, I guess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I can't wait for candy box audiences to get to experience that starting July 15th. And, uh, Really, thank you for sharing with our listeners today and joining us. Yeah, thank you so much, Matthew. It's it's like I find this very useful um, to kind of share outside of 
you know, the four performers that I'm with and um, who I interact with on a daily basis, how to, you know, talk about process and um, my yeah, journey. It's so fun to talk to artists, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Process for sure. Just to kind of sift through it a little more. So, well, wonderful. Have a great, great evening. Thank you so much. Come to Candy Box. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yes. All right. Good night. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Studio Stories. Next week, we will hear a re-air of Hijack, the choreographic duo, and Candy Box featured artists, Kristen Van Loon and Arwen Wilder. <laughs>